Yeah, this this is this is. Nedbank is proud to bring you inspiring stories from a new breed of young professionals. Your circumstances are not permanent. Um, don't let your circumstances force you into things that you're not passionate about and things that you don't like. Take the risk. If you want to do something, go out there. Honestly, the sky is truly not the limit. I mean, we hear that often, but we are really living in the most fertile time where you can literally pursue anything that you want. So I see money as an enabler, and I've always seen money as an enabler. Uh, and that's why I was always big in saving since I was very, very young. Hello and welcome to Conversations with Young Professionals brought to you by NetBank. I am Vumi Msweli, your host, and I've got a very accomplished young lady with me today. And she's gorgeous. Her name is Spamandla Mangwele. She is the CEO of Local Village Foods. She has won Pitch Perfect at CEDA, Black Umbrella, Global Entrepreneur, as well as Mail and Guardian 2019 Top 200 Most Influential Young South Africans. Hello, Spa. How are you? Hi. Hi. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so let's get to know you a little bit better. Go from Rusugisi. I'm going to ask you a rapid fire question round and you just answer honestly. Ready? Ready. Bush or beach? Beach. That has to make sense because you grew up on the coastline. <laughs> um, Apple or Android? Apple. Seven Colors Sunday Lunch or a Bry? Seven Colors Sunday Lunch. Movies or Netflix? Movies. Wine or beer? None of the above. Ooh, what would you have? Kombucha. Okay. Or still water. <laughs> <laughs> um, Instagram or Twitter? Twitter. Okay. Dinner, dead or live, who is coming and what are you serving? Ooh, four course. Uh, I'm including the sorbet as a palate cleanser as a course as well. <laughs> uh, but it would be a fine dining, maybe a fish uh, dish uh, with the vegetarian starter uh, and a vegan perhaps dessert. Okay. And who is coming? And I would have uh, somebody from West Africa. I would have somebody from... East Africa, I'll have a Southern Africa, and I would have somebody, obviously, who's political activist and someone in business. I like the way you're not giving us names. Is that on purpose? It is. <laughs> it is. You're not wanting to disclose your dinner guests. <laughs> Spa, tell us a little bit about yourself. I know you're originally from Ilusigisiki. Tell us about that young girl and how she ended up here. All right. So I was born in 1991, uh, by uh, by a 42-year-old 40, uh, lady at the time. Mm -hmm. And I was the last born. And um, I went to Mtualume Primary School, uh, studying boarding school. And so studying, I mean, staying at Lusigisigi, I think every holiday I was there for uh, just uh, when the schools were closed. And my mom was very much involved in community projects and uh, working with rural communities in that area, doing recycling projects. And uh, and she worked at Home Affairs at the time. So I got to work a lot during the holidays. I think for us, you, it wasn't on holiday, you watch TV. It was, you're on holiday, you're going to do some work. And so she then ended up getting into mining. And then from high school, I was in her business. And at the time, I think she inspired me to start my own company. And uh, it was in grade 11 at the time. I registered a company for toilet paper manufacturing. And I had a business partner that she introduced me to and I had this machine and we started doing a few samples of toilet paper pitching to different hospitals around uh, and and at the time I think I was fixed that this is the business I want to focus on and maybe not to go to university and I think few of my siblings encouraged me that I need to go to uh, university and so I did 
and and then the business really didn't uh, take off quite nicely. I think with the pressure for school and my business then had a job, uh, my business partner had a job and then I had to close down the business. I then went to university at University of KwaZulu-Natal and then did a degree. And then from where I went to uh, Johannesburg, I moved up to Johannesburg where I worked for corporate for 18 months. And then from there I resigned and I started this Just business. Just 18 months? 18 months. Yeah. That is interesting. In that 18 months, what made you realize that corporate was not for you? I think the first week when I got to corporate, I, I just just examined the company I was working for. And I remember just trying to have meetings with managers at the time. And I'm like, okay, guys, I think this is what we need to change. This is what could work better. And at the time, I was an intern, a graduate just finished. And, and so I moved three times, even in that 18 months in corporate, because I was so frustrated in this role. And I thought, okay, this would probably give me some sort of fulfillment. Or, um, but I, I think realized that corporate is what it is. It is corporate. And some changes may not happen as, as soon as you want them to. But also, this is a system and this is the process. And for me, I felt this is not a place I belong. And then I followed my core, which is entrepreneurship. You've definitely been a serial entrepreneur. So tell us a little bit about where you are now. Local Village Foods, how did it start? What is the story? So we are, I mean, we are a business that's been uh, operating for three years now. And uh, we source different uh, ingredients and superfoods from different parts of the continent. I think for us was, how do we... As I was saying earlier, how do we uh, develop communities using entrepreneurship? So that was that one. How do we then get products from rural communities where they could set themselves up either as cooperatives or as just you know, our suppliers? And we could partner with them in that sense instead of just giving donations, for instance, where we could say, won't you be our supplier? Won't you supply us, say, with... Uh, kale, for instance, and then maybe let's dry it up and then let's add value to that and, 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 and provide a market for it. And so for us was to let's get that going. But all at the same time, how do we get people to connect using food as being a vehicle? So a lot of uh, times, and we see this and I've seen it in South Africa, where people are, especially South Africans, I've seen, people are very close-minded, especially from people outside of the country, within the continent. Mm. A lot of South Africans, we say, oh, we're going to Africa, yet we are in we Africa. Our surname is Africa, South Africa. You know, <laughs> but we, we say we're going into Africa. And so was to allow people to actually connect and understand each other through food. I mean, for me, for instance, I'll, I'll make an example of Nigeria. I've had to understand so much through food. I've eaten uh, pepe soup, for instance, and I've drank zobo, for instance, and some of the products I do sell, which is the Roselle hibiscus, mm. which is sourced from Nigeria. But I've got to understand people's cultures and where people come from, and and I can connect better. And so if I meet a person who who's from Nigeria and we can start talking about either the food and, and, and they're surprised, like, how do you know that? And so for me, it was to create that platform with local village foods where we could at the same time develop communities, not just in South Africa, but throughout the continent, uh, and then at the same time use food as a vehicle for, co- uh, for connection. That is, that is amazing, and I, I love me some food. So <laughs> um, what have, I'm interested to know, what have been your biggest sellers? So, so at least our listeners can understand. You know, you spoke a little bit about, I think, Jerry from Ethiopia. What, what are some of your biggest sellers currently? So we've got, as I said, we've got gluten-free flour, we've got superfoods and grain, ancient grain. So we've got grain that is indigenous to Ethiopia. We grow it in South Africa called teff. And we've got sorghum that grows in South Africa. We've got plantain flour that is sourced from Nigeria um, and hibiscus. Mm. And so for us, it's just to, I mean, we find that a lot of people who are even not even a diaspora in South Africa, who are maybe plant-based focused or are allergic and they're looking for like vegan options, and they would then find our product. So we, we find that either grain or it will be a superfood or uh, a gluten-free flour, either way. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. So, Spa, tell me something. If you were to have a conversation with your younger self, what would you tell us, Pamandla, growing up in Sigisig? 
I think I would tell her, just keep at it, hey? Just keep at it. I think sometimes we, we think when we put a lot of pressure on ourselves as young people, and my mother put a lot of pressure on me. She taught me that I need to be independent, I need to work hard. And, and I think that's an important thing, to work hard. Work is a gift. It's not a curse. It's a, it's a blessing to be able to work. And so I would say, keep at it. Keep working hard. Keep visioning. Keep, uh, you know, but also make a lot of friends. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we, we so focus on work and maybe we're not as social as we uh, perhaps should be. So that, 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 that's what I'd say. Looking at where you come from and your desire to make sure that Africans are connected through food, um, following your heart and becoming an entrepreneur, it's very clear that how you define success is a little bit different because you didn't you took the road less traveled, really. So our theme being, how do you define success for yourself? How have you been able to do that? So for me, success, I don't know if people think people would say that oh, I'm just too much of an activist. There. <laughs> some, some friends would say, but but I think success is it's not, I can't define it in a context where I'm the only one benefiting. So for me, success is when a, a, it's a shared achievement, where it's, whether it's a community, it's a group of people, where we all celebrate and we all can say, you know, I've benefited. If we look at South Africa, for instance, and where we are as a country, black and white, and I think if we, the more we are divided, right, the more none of us is successful because, you know, People want security for their children. People want jobs. And when you deprive another group of people that opportunity, that's not success. Mm. But when we are in a country like South Africa where black and white can both exist in South Africa and both of us, both groups, can provide security for children and safety uh, and be able to have employment, and I think that for me is success. So everybody that is involved in that group, everybody has to celebrate and share that. That's amazing. I think you're really speaking about the spirit of Ubuntu, being able to connect and make sure that the tomorrow of our children is better than our today. Correct. Um, You spoke a little bit about your passion for Africa and the continent. What do you think inspires that in you? What has made you say the world is not as big as just my my town or, or my province, not even my country? The world for me is Africa. It's my playground. What has driven that pan-African approach for you? So there's quite a lot of uh, factors. One, obviously, reading um, and just reading a lot of uh, African books, fiction specifically. And I've I've fallen in love with our continent in that sense. But also just looking at the the inequality globally, where Africans produce, uh, for instance, let's say c- cacao. For instance, mm-hmm. Africa produces so much cacao, yet in that that industry we only get so little. Even Gold, for instance, where we will produce, yet gold, the prices are set elsewhere, and then we are the consumers. So I think that injustice for me has motivated me to want to play a role where how is it that we can try at least reduce that inequality that exists globally? And Africa, I suppose we are at the bottom uh, bottom of that inequality. I mean, mm. we are the beneficiaries of that injustice. So it's to, um, to be able to, 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 to play that in that space. So where do you see yourself and your career and your business being in the next five to 10 years? So from a business point of view, I'd love to grow uh, and now immediately go into the traditional uh, retailers instead of the small private owned uh, health stores and go into the more traditional, but also go outside of, uh, of the continent, outside of the country and later on outside of the, con- uh, of the continent. And uh, secondly, I'd like to play a more uh, impactful, uh, impactful role in the fair and free trade in the continent. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of countries now have signed uh, just free on trade f- agreement. Mm-hmm. Correct. So I'd, lo- I'd love to play a space in that space. 
space and also just contribute to the rural development across in, in the continent in different communities where as a business for instance we can set up different production facilities in different communities I'll be going to Malawi in the next few weeks uh, visiting different villages where uh, people saw an article from Farmers Weekly and they said hey we'd love to supply you some of the products and we want to, we want to see we want you to see some of our rural communities mm-hmm. and so I want to be able to travel that and then the same time to say okay once we grow as a business which facilities can we improve can we give people dehydrators for instance can they then add value to the products and then we just buy them back so that you know the communities benefit more instead of just buying the raw ingredients and then adding value and then we make more money so mm-hmm. uh, sort of sharing that growth as a business I love that conscious capitalism of actually investing back into the communities and seeing how you can empower not just take Correct. Yeah. It's a fantastic philosophy to have. We would not be doing anyone any justice with, with in our conversations with young professionals brought to us by NetBank by not talking a little bit about money. How do you see money? How do you spend money? What are your saving habits? I spend a lot on food, <laughs> organic and natural food. I spend a lot of money there. Uh, but I think it's important to, to save uh, in that sense. I think saving for short-term goals like traveling, um, but also saving for growth. For me as a business, I find that if if we are able to, I mean, we do sales and then we reinvest back in the business from a product development point of view. But also if we, I mean, our aspiration is to develop communities. So we won't be able to do that just if we just spend and, you know, mm. so I feel like people need to, to, to save. Businesses also need to save. Uh, sometimes I think as startups I've seen in businesses, people, you know, you raise money from a, an investor, say NetBank, for instance, invested mm. uh, money in your business. And uh, you think, okay, I'm going to give myself a high salary. I'm going to buy a car. But I think at the same time, what would be smart for a business to say, okay, we're going to spend on developing. We're going to put in on working capital, for instance. And from there, we'll put in for, for growth. And if business is not doing well, we'll still be able to pay our employees. So save is is a key thing. Save, save, save. Save, 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 save. I love it. Spat, listening with all our young professionals currently listening to us, what sage advice would you share? Some words of wisdom that you've learned that you perhaps would like to share with us. So I think, as I said earlier, people need to focus. Work is a gift and we need to work as hard as we can and treat it as a privilege to be able to have work. Whether you, you wake up and you are an assistant to someone, give, give it to your best and give it, you know, because that's what God has given each and every one of us, that mm-hmm. talent um, and that ability to have work. So that's one. But also in South Africa at the moment, a lot of people are focused. I've seen on Twitter, people are focused on the uh, inquiries and they focus on all the things that are happening that are negative in the country. And I think politics is just one piece of our country. But people need to focus on building South Africa People need to start having conversations. How do we reduce the unemployment rate? Mm. People need to focus on how do we get people out of hunger, as President Cyril Maposa has said. So those are the conversations. And that's what I think young people need to focus on instead of just focusing on who's the next celebrity there or what's the next big thing. People need to focus on what I can do with my time. How can I make a difference in my community, in my society? And that's... I don't think there's a better note to end on that. How do we have conversations that build our country, not tear it down? Spa, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. For more info and to hear even more interesting conversations with young professionals, log on to www.youngprofessionals.co.za.